This gospel message is brought to you by the redeemed Christian Church of God, Fountain of Love, Aberdeen, UK. Open your heart to receive this life-changing Word of God. Matthew chapter 4, verses 14 to 18. 2 Timothy chapter 4. Um, so, I read, he said, ignore that, but we will read it anyway. He said, Alexander the coppersmith did me much harm. May the Lord repay him according to his work. You are not saying amen unto that one. I'm sure there are many Alexander the coppersmith in this world that have done you many harm. So may the Lord repay them according to their works. It's Paul that played it all. It's not David. I hope you know. He's a New Testament man. You better take him seriously. All right. You also must be aware of him. Well, he's talking now. For he has greatly resisted our words. At my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. May he not be charged against them. You could see the difference now between Alexander and this one. That's not our message today, but I'm seeing things new there. All right, verse 17. But the Lord stood with me and strengthened me so that the message might be preached fully through me and that all Gentiles might hear. Also, I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Hallelujah. And the Lord delivered me from every evil work. And the Lord will deliver me from every evil work and preserve me for his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. As you probably know, I've shared that with you a few times. One of the most moving verses of the Bible, passage of the Bible for me. Uh, Because I I did just know how that happened. But, you know, without belaboring the verse 17, it's so touching for me. It's so touching. Verse 17, if you put it back again. Thank you. He said, is that verse 17? It's 16 I need, yes. Let's go to 16, please. He says, at my first defense, no one stood with me, but all forsook me. This was a man who was a pastor of huge church, if you want to call it. He was not just a pastor of a huge church. He was a super general overseer, if you use our today's language. He planted a church in Ephesus. He planted one in Colossae. He planted one in Crete. He planted everywhere. And these were big cities in those days. And there were big churches that were there. And this man was saying that when he was arrayed before the authorities, no one stood with him. But I thank God. The conclusion was that, but the Lord stood with me. And the short exhortation we have today is taken from verse 18. It says, and the Lord will deliver me. So that's the title, the Lord will deliver me. I said, the Lord will deliver me. We could see that the crescendo that this particular passage reached actually started in verse 7 of that same chapter 4 of 2 Timothy. Because the man of God in, in verse 7, it says, I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And I was wondering, if you read that one, keeping it on the screen for us, he said, I have fought a good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. You probably would think that it was a fight that this man fought, like a boxing, in which every fight was a knockout. But, or probably when he says that I have finished the race, he was probably talking about a race in which he ran like using bolts, used to run it, that 
he was just a few years from the cross line, and he had the luxury of looking over his shoulder to see who was there, and yet he still broke the world record. It wasn't the kind of race the man ran. It wasn't the kind of fight he fought. So he was sounding so good that I fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. And now he's reserved for me a crown of righteousness with the Lord that's reserved not only for me, for all those that love his appearing. It was not an easy journey. It was a hard one for him. And the Lord had really stirred our hearts to say that whatever made this man of some truth about his journey that he could complete it, those truths are still applicable unto us. And how he could say that at his last breath, or close to his last breath, because after this one, we learned that a few months later, he was arraigned before the authorities at that time, and he crossed over through persecution, and he was essentially executed for the faith that he enjoyed living, despite all the hardship that was in it. May you enjoy your Christian journey. You're not here. May you enjoy your Christian journey. There are many people that are living in luxury, they are not enjoying it. There are many people that are living in opulence. They are not enjoying it. But there are people that are even going through hardship of life. Yet they are enjoying it. Joy is so central to our being created. May you enjoy even where you are. You are not settling down. That's why you say rejoice always. It's possible to rejoice always. Even when there's no food on the table, it's possible to rejoice. There's a joy within. I had the testimony of 84-year-old man still fasting. There's something that's driving him. More than something, a terrestrial, more than something that our eyes can see. The rest of our lives shall be lived in joy. Amen. So this was this man who had, and there are four things that quickly could see from there that made him to be who he was, that he was aware of, that you need to be aware of so that you can finish well, I can finish well. Number one, I believe Apostle Paul believed that evil is everywhere. Even that short passage, you mentioned two categories of people who were clearly due to be disciplined and being caned, as we say it. The first person was who? Alexander the coppersmith. Did you read it from there? And the man said, uh, this man, what did he say he did to him? He did me much evil. He said he resisted our word. Folks, evil is everywhere. It's ubiquitous. Everywhere. Evil is in the school. And let children know. Not to scare them, but to prepare them. Many a times we behave as if it is a surprise to know that there's evil in this world. Sometimes we behave as if, you know, ah, evil? Really? Oh. You're on planet Earth. And until Jesus Christ comes and brings the new heaven and the new earth, evil will be here. But many have gone through it and they have survived, you will survive. Evil in the place of war, where that man's made up his mind, that woman has made up his or her mind, that he or she, whoever they are, will resist you for no good cause. Evil is everywhere. So that's not, that's not a new thing. That's not even to, to vent your spirit about or, or to vent your spleen about, as they say, or trouble yourself about. Evil is everywhere. Evil is in the families. Sibling rivalries, all sorts, in-laws, outlaws. Side laws, front laws, all laws. Evil everywhere. You don't need to be scared about that. Just to be aware. Are you worried that evil is everywhere? You don't need to be. But I'm reminding you again. And when you are aware evil is everywhere, you will wake up with that consciousness every day and deal with the evil that is ubiquitous. In 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8. The apostle says something there. And the Lord will deliver me. I say, and the Lord will deliver you. Yeah. Unless 
you are not aware. There's a lot to deliver from. Be sober, be vigilant. Because your adversary, the devil, does what? Walks about like a seeking whom he may walk about. It goes around everywhere, everywhere. And he's searching. And if he says he goes everywhere looking for him, that is, there's no place that is sacrosanct. In fact, the devil, whether you like it or not, he won't be able to operate here, but I can assure you, he will make an attempt to walk around here. Oh, didn't he tell Jesus Christ? And the apostle said somewhere, shockingly, I think it should be Acts chapter 20. He said, after I've departed from you, he said, from amongst you, there will be perverse teachings that will come. You know what perverse means? Perverse means when people's mind is made up to do what is wrong, irrespective. And that's why he even said this is a perverse generation. In Acts chapter 2 verse 40, when the apostle was preaching, Peter was preaching, he said, oh, this perverse, perverse, I think I wrote it, it was shocking when I said, willfully determined or disposed to go counter to what is expected or desired. Wayward, cantankerous. Purposeful. People just made up their mind that they will go contrary to the scripture and they will explain it away. We live in a time in which evil is everywhere, but thank God there's deliverance for his own people. Number two, number two, number two. Evil is uncompromising. That is, evil is a stubborn thing that will not easily go away. And Pharaoh was the man that typified that. He, he, He proved it over and over again that you know, if the devil talks his teeth into somebody, don't ever think you can negotiate with him. There was a time we did the study on the Wednesday, some of you remember, we said peace can, we can get peace through two means. You remember? Through one, nego, and through enforcement. Good. And we said that peace between you and God can only be obtained through negotiation. And who negotiated it? Jesus. Good. Now, peace between yourself and another human being can both be attained through either negotiation or through enforcement. There are some people you will say, like Alessandra, the cop asked me, you have to enforce it. Like the other ones, he was still pleading with the Lord concerning them. But peace with the devil, how do you get it? You have to enforce it. You can't reason with the devil. I remember, and some of you have such background. So at a certain stage in my life, you know, there are some things all around me, the extended family and all the rest. And I remember clearly when there was a particular challenge that they started seeking solution from the devil. You know those that carry all these sacrifices to the devil, those of you that have such background, and if you don't, you know, God bless you. You know, at least you've heard of it. They carry sacrifices to the devil. They'll go to a junction with three roads. But if they want it to really have effect. They go to junction with six. Ah! It was how carry this. <laughs> I know you did not. They look for one with six. And then they would then pour libation on it. They would pour blood. They would then say, you know, Satan, we plead with you. Plead with him. And then as they plead with him, he will remove this control a little bit. Take out one demon and send in a legion. And that's why we must preach this gospel. I'm talking about those that do their own in a crude manner. But at the GO, we say, some of the demons that go around, they wear designer suits. And don't be fooled by that. They occupy boardrooms. 
And so you might laugh at those ones who are stupid enough to be, you know, making marks on their own bodies and do all sorts of things. The demons are demons. Devils are devils. But there's no compromise. It doesn't compromise. It would not allow. And that's why the Bible uses the word things like, when it's talking about the devil, like one, resist. You remember? Like one, fight. Like one, command. Those are the words used about the devil. It's never a matter of, you know, let's appease him. You can never appease him. And from today onward, you will fight him. I mean, I cannot just bring back to mind that play that they did on, on Friday. And please, avail yourself for some of these meetings. Things do happen there. You know, I went for a meeting yesterday. I could have prayed other prayer in my room. But because of the environment where we pray, I knew it was a different experience altogether. So when we ask that we should come together for these prayer meetings, I know you are prayer warriors. I know on your own you pray six hours. But join us to pray the one hour. And it will make a world of difference. And I say it's a subtle and a gentle appeal. I'm not forcing you and I'm not asking you to feel guilty, but consider it. And so when they did that play on Friday night into the early hours of, of, uh, of Saturday, I remember clearly, you know, these, those demons, voices of darkness, they were all and I actually have prepared this message very far. When the Lord just reminded me, I said, oh, maybe that's why you want to link it to that. Because that was a very, very powerful message. And very well acted. And so there they were. Speaking, throwing words and everything until Anita, I don't think I will forget that name easily. Until Anita decided to, to stand her ground. And she was saying what? He said, get out. Spirit of discouragement, out. She was trying to negotiate with the devil up to that point. But devil is uncompromising. You will rise and fight. Amen. You will stop sulking. We will stop mourning. We will stop saying, God, where is your face? It's been where it has always been. It doesn't travel. It's God of the whole earth. It's everywhere at the same time. He said, guess who moved? If you say God has moved, you know, there's a song like that. Guess who moved? It's you that moved. If God, if you say God is not there, guess who moved? It's you that moved. God has not moved. So it's important for us to know that this is another trick of the devil, and we must learn the lessons we need to learn from them. Hallelujah. All right. We're moving very, very well because we will still pray. Number three. We've mentioned two already things about the devil. Number one, that we need, we need to know because the topic today is, and the Lord will deliver me from evil. All right. Good. So, what is the first one we mentioned, please? If you remind me, evil is number two. Number three, the devil or evil is sly. <laughs> Thank you. In actual fact, that is the center of the message. The devil is sly. He's very cunning. He knows how to maneuver his way. You, I repeat again, a statement very common. And let your ears be open, beloved. Let your eyes be open and hear me clearly. Another favorite statement of a dear General Vasya, a lovely called Adigio, a wonderful man of God, Father figure indeed to me. He says you can call the devil anything, but don't call him what? Stupid. In fact, anyone that calls the devil stupid, the person will be stupid. I mean, this guy was so clever that Jesus Christ says that, be ye as clever as... I mean, can you imagine him being used as a reference point of cleverness? 
And somebody let down his ground, his guard. Somebody lets down her guard. Somebody feels that devil. Anytime you're in any situation, factor that in that you are dealing with a very corny person. You think we look so okay, but I tell you, underneath there are so many other things that are concerned. And one of the ways in which he shows his cunningness is to present what is wrong as what is good. He presents, and there are areas that he uses very clear, clearly. And one of them that I will pick out of many, and we can't, we can't finish that today, but I just pick one out, which I believe by the Spirit of the Lord God wants to talk to us about, is that the devil has a way of doing something to every human being, everyone, everyone, more especially Christians. He does something to us. And you'll be shocked to hear what he does to us and he loves to do to us. If I ask for suggestion, you will give me many things. But maybe I always like to challenge your heart. What do you think the devil loves to do to us along this line of deception? Deceive. Oh, yes. But along that deception, what does he love to do? Doubt God. You are nearly there because we will use that as one of the examples. Fear. Good. Shock. Shock horror. One of the things he does to us most is to harden our hearts. And you'll be so surprised how hard your own heart is until you take it to Jesus. It is very easy for you to, to say, oh, I'm soft-hearted. Let something happen to you and you know how hard your heart can be. Let you be hurt somewhere and you will know how difficult it is to be supple and soft towards that person. That's his number one tactic. He hardens people's heart. And when Jesus Christ used that word for the disciples, I was shocked. He was saying that, oh, Lord, shall I be with you? Is your heart so hard? I said, no, you can't say their hearts were hard. Their hearts were hard. And the way he hardens their heart is that he makes them to be cynical. Cynicism goes like, oh, they are saying it again. That's the way we prayed last year. Do you know that's hardness that is coming in? Oh, they say that is the month of this one. Oh, <laughs> The one that the last one they called, what happened? You are getting hard. Your heart is getting hardened. There's no more suppleness anymore. You're not cynical. And so that was what he chided them about. When he multiplied the bread and they were going on, and Jesus Christ said, he said they never understood the issue of the bread. I didn't know why. I'm still asking God. Is it going to be a topic for me that I need to study very clearly? Please watch out. Watch out. It's the easiest way for someone to miss the blessing of God in this area of hardness of heart. I didn't know why he said they didn't. That issue of the bread, multiplying of bread, was so hard for them to understand. And they kept doubting. And Jesus repeated it about three times in the book of Mark. Pointing out unto them that it is an area, it's an area they could not overcome. Maybe they kept thinking that he actually did not multiply the bread, that somebody was bringing bread from somewhere. I didn't know why that was hard for them. But constantly, he kept going back onto it. And I'll give you the references, story, but let, let, me, let, let, me, let me let the story flow. I beg of you in the name that's above all names, don't allow the devil to harden your heart. And no one is above that work that is doing every day. Now, after he has hardened our hearts towards him, the next thing he does, or I don't know which one tends to come first in different different life, is to harden person's heart against one another. You remember, in the beginning, it was not so. But because of Moses allowed you to give a written of divorcement, as the old King James Version will put it. Do you also know, that's a very tip, if you are really keen, and you should get it in the marriage ministry if you haven't got it already. The message was preached. It was a series that was preached. Just called Jesus House London. It's a classic. 
And I think he might have forgotten himself. About six years ago, Pastor Agu preached that. He's one of our senior pastors. It's a classic. On that practically every challenge in marriage, you can, it, if he didn't start there, it will eventually get to that point. What is it? Hardness of heart. We just, hardness of heart. No, this is the senior church. Hardness of heart in the bedroom. Headache. Hardness of heart. They're always having headache at night. She got what I was talking about. Oh, she's, you're just getting it too. If you don't get it, ask those that got it. Hardness of heart. I'm fasting and I'm praying. The other side. And we, we just don't feel that feeling for the other person anymore. But why, why, why should I? This is A, B, C that he did. Why should I? This is C, D, E, F that he did. Hardness of heart in which even the food becomes difficult to put on the table. Hardness of heart. I've, I've been involved with people before. You, in fact, when the Lord opened my eyes to so the journey preparation of this, I, I felt, I said, Lord, you need to help us. It gets to a point in which you are talking to people because their hearts are hardened. They're not listening to you. They're not hearing you. And you can waste years on that, just communicating nothing. You know what? Before I talk to anybody now, and take this out of the script, but you can use it. Before you talk to anybody, before you go for any interview, ask that their hearts will be malleable in the heart of God. Because every heart in his heart, he said the hearts of the king are in the hand of the Lord that they can turn in like rivers of water. Don't go for any interview until you take somebody's heart and give it to Jesus. Say, turn it where you like. Don't preach to anybody. Because I can spend, I can sweat as I can spend 50 hours cumulating, preparing for this message. If all the hearts here are not open to receive it, everybody will go back the way they've come. In actual fact, more time needs to be needed to prepare the hearts of people that will hear you than to prepare what you will tell them. After what you're going to tell people, God can give you on the spot. But the prayer you need to pray to soften people's hearts. Why are people not getting born again on the streets of our town? Their hearts are hard. They see the obvious truth that's a God that made the heavens and earth, but their hearts are hard. They say, well, if you want to believe, believe it. That's hardness. He said, they do contrary, you know the, the definition of perverse? I said, they do contrary to what they know is right. You think people are telling you that God didn't make the earth, it's evolution that made it. You think they deeply believed that? Of course they did not. They knew within themselves. Because he said in the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 24, he said, after they have known God, he said they did not acknowledge him as God. Hardness of heart. We live in a very perverse generation. Before you step out to go and evangelize, before you tell anybody about Jesus, cause those hearts to be broken. And let hearts be broken from here as well. So that we can be soft unto him. You know why Jesus was doing miracles? He was doing miracles because his heart was very soft. And do you know why David stood out of everybody? Despite all his errors, that guy was got a soft heart. He was a gentleman. He was a soft heart. I mean, who, who, who is it that you will find your enemy neck on the platter and will not cut it? He never had anybody to convince him from doing evil and he insisted on doing it. There was a time he was going to kill a stupid man. And in fact, that was his name. You remember him? Never. He said his name is Fool. He was going there to kill him. And 
uh, folks who are taking care of your sheep in the field. We've done everything to help you. And we're only asking for a tiny favor. You just do your harvest. Usually even the law of Moses says that when you are doing your harvest, leave some of the things there so that they can glean it. And so the man said, give us some stuff from your field. And this hard-hearted guy decided to do what? He was going to, you know, rubbish. And actually sent very insulting word unto David. And David said, I'm going to teach him a lesson. As he was going, immediately the woman met him. Women, you got power. Maybe that woman was still ahead. You know the rest of the story. Because eventually they ended up in his house. I'm sure there was no agenda. There was no agenda. There was no agenda. But what I'm only telling you that even when you do good, there's a benefit for you. And there she was. Beg with this man. The woman didn't have to talk long. A soft-hearted man considered. How long have they pleaded with you and you have not listened? Maybe your heart is hard. How long? They sent every ministry unto you. You kept saying, you don't know how I'm feeling. Well, do you know how Jesus felt? Did this sin before they killed him for you? Is somebody still happy? Because by the time we live here, and God has exposed the tricks of the devil to us, we will find that we shall be coasting. Because there are many simple things that we could have dealt with that we have been doing vigil over. In, in actual fact, from now on, sincerely, from actual, but we made some declaration now, deal with the devil. From now on, let the bulk of your prayer be an internal change. I know what it means. When God changes a person from inside, it's a different kettle of fish. It's a different board game. Because at that stage, you are only who's in authority. You enter into a place because you are a ball of light. Light is shining in there. And demons must free. Time is about that you enter an office, demons will be manifesting. But that comes from inside. Hardness of heart. The enemy is sly, and that is his game, and that's what he loves to do. But we lose the battle over your life. And we lose the battle over our lives. One of the things that I wrote here, please, I don't know, sometimes when you write them down, it must be that the Lord wants us to remember to say them. Sometimes when people give testimonies in this place, maybe the Lord is, maybe such people are here or listening remotely on the, any of the portal by which we transmit this. Um, I sense something that some of the things that happen, they are just coincidences. The people came, oh, praise God, uh, we prayed, and I got a job. And they figured it out, yeah, it might just be a coincidence. After all, you can go and get a job. But one of the things the Lord is saying, that if you continue like that, you will find yourself very hardened onto the hand and the move of God. But somebody has a very good saying. You may have heard it before. He said, when we pray, coincidences happen. You get the twist, uh uh-huh. Hey, it's a coincidence. So if anybody tells you, well, it's not quite a miracle. I mean, it's just a chance. Yeah, when we pray, chances happen. I want those good chances. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. When we pray, it's a chance that uh, you got that job. Yes, uh, I will keep praying. I'm not getting those chances. Yeah. <laughs> and those coincidences, let them become me. And you that you believe that there are coincidences, please don't pray. Since you don't like coincidences. And so, please, let's watch out for all those little things the enemy uses. Okay, finally, anyway, final point. Um, evil is defeatable. Devil is defeated. 
Evil is defeatable. Devil is defeated. And you got that clearly, didn't you? All right. So Jesus has defeated the devil, but you still have evil to defeat. You understand? And I think that is the conundrum. That is the area where many people miss it. They don't pray anymore. They say, Jesus has done it all. Ah, may the Lord help you. And I don't know how people read their own Bible. They read their own Bible not as a law book. It should be actually, apart from a story book, as far, it's also a law book. Law books because there are precedences that are there, and you quote them now. They say, if that happened like that before, we know that we can. In fact, part of the politics I learned they play in the U.S. is that some of the cases they don't want it. In fact, not even the U.S., they play it in our country here too. Some of the cases that are either with the immigration or whatever, they don't want some of them to get to court. Before once it gets to court and they rule in their favor or they rule against them, it becomes a law and you can court it tomorrow. So they quickly negotiate. Now, if human beings know that what has been written are human laws that can change, that you don't even need to know the test of the law. Just look at the examples there. That's why the issue of even eternal security is very easy for me. If we can't understand the letters and they can, every law, everywhere, every place can be difficult to interpret. I mean, countries like U.S., I don't know why they say some judges, we, we go to there, they have this leaning. Is it not simple law that should be interpreted by anybody? Law should be neutral. Am I right? Am I making sense to you? So they say they choose some lawyers or some judges to their Supreme Court who they know they will do, they will interpret the law one way. I thought there should be only one interpretation for the law. Of course, there's not. But when you have that problem with interpretation, there's something that can't change. You know what it is? The, the examples that have happened. Precedences can't change. There are clear cost stories. When before, some particular group of people that God dealt with, they all started well, but they all did not feel well, finish well. The angels. Because out of all the 100% of them that started, only how many are rebuilding now? 66.6666%. Because a third of them, Satan used his tail to take them away. One group of people. So God is telling me that that's his dealing. Another group of people that God, another, only three groups actually dealt with in books like that through ages. Another group of people, who are they? I'm teaching a bit of theology now. It might be helpful to you. But still listen. Amen. Who is the second group of people? Israelites. They all started, not all of them. Then Christians were the third group. We have all started... Listen carefully. Not everyone will finish. But we will finish. But the truth of the matter is that you must be aware that not everyone will finish. That's the truth. It's no point bearing one said in the sand. It's the truth. Because when you know the truth, it will set you free. It's no big rule. So, we know that these things that have been written for us, they are there for our instruction. And we are supposed to hold them tight and use them for our advantage. We know that Jesus Christ has defeated the devil already, but evil is still need to be fought on a daily basis. Are you listening to me? You must fight evil. Don't be the category of those that have not read their Bible, where you know, they found the apostles praying and praying. They found the prophets praying and praying. They found Jesus praying, the Son of God. If the Son of God had to pray, and you are closer to God than Jesus, you carry more authority, this is the year of prayer. Please change your prayer life. I'm really, really serious. Those that pray this year, you will live to tell good stories. And if there's one thing you want God to do for you, is to say, Lord, teach me how to pray. Do you know that those that are unskilled, 
And those that are unlearned in the area of prayer, they are sitting dock for the enemy. You know what a sitting dock is? Open there to be shot at. If anybody wants to be properly defeated, as I mentioned to you before, the last lecture that one of my professors used to give was what? How to fail an exam. So may I suggest as well, if anyone really wants to be struck by the devil, please don't pray. But that's not your portion. Because I will so prophesy life unto you right now. But hear what I'm telling you clearly. The man will tell us what you need to do. He said, you don't need to do much to fail. Make sure you don't write a number. Answer the question as well, but don't write a number. Make sure you write the questions, answer the question you want, not the question they set you. Brethren, in a moment, two things in closing. Two things in closing. I think it should be Isaiah 42. Did I write that reference down? If I did, that would be wonderful. Isaiah 42. I wanted to start from there. Then we make some declaration. Yeah, it's a good time for us to close. Ah, Lord have mercy. Somebody says, the Lord will deliver me. He will deliver us. Isaiah 42 verse 3. This is a word for us, church. Listen, listen, everybody, listen. He said, a bruised reed he will not break. And a smoking flax he will not quench. He will bring forth justice for truth. There are bruised reeds in this room. Not completely broken, but really bruised. As the wind is blowing, it's about to break. But Jesus said, not on his watch. He will mend that bruised reed. You are the breaking point. He said, no, I won't allow you to break. You, you, it's so tough, it's like, I don't know what next to do. That's his ministry. That's his call. That was what he came to do. He said, a smoking flax, it will not quench. A smoking flax is the one that the fire has gone out, but it has not completely gone out. Those are the ones that they are burning, but they are not burning. But as long as Jesus can see a smoke, he will go and find it again. And I'm sure some of our lives, is smokes that is bringing out. People think it's life. Because people that come close to you, they're just rubbing their eyes like this. Because our circumstances is making, you know what smokes do? It's just like rubbing their eyes. The more they get close to us, it's because the fire is gone, but not completely gone. Enough to attract people, but not enough to warm anybody. Enough to make people think that something is there, but when they get close, they only find that it is just very irritating to the eyes. Our lives shall not be irritating to anybody anymore. Because the Holy One of Israel will come in today and he will fan the flame once again in the name of the Lord Jesus. We won't live here the same. He that brought you here has got a plan for you and he will perfect his plan in your life. He didn't die for you in vain. He paid a price. A serious price he paid. And that price he paid, it will never go wasted in your life. Remember, Throughout this short message, I kept mentioning the issue of the fact that Jesus paid. Jesus died. Jesus made it possible. Jesus forgave our sins. Very, very crucial. I even extended it to the point that even I've started my journey. There are 
possibilities, but I pray that shall not be your lot. That the person will not finish well, but I know you will finish well. But if there is anything that is looking like that in your life or my life, let us bring it to the altar of the Lord right now. He's here to set us free. He's here to make it good for us. He's here to bring us into the place of our enlargement and our victory. Because the Lord will deliver us from all evil. You don't seem to be convinced. I said the Lord will deliver you from all evil. Rise up on your feet with me. We're going to pray just one or two prayers very quickly. And we're going to give thanks unto the Lord. Thank you, Father. The Bible says, for this reason, the Son of God was manifested and will destroy the works of the devil. He's here to destroy this work. There is a cosmic battle, not by the devil, but by evil. He has said some things going. Devil is defeated, but evil will still need to be defeated. And you need to look where evil is trying to raise his head. Sorrow, pain, lack, retrogression, but stagnation. But Jesus is ruling. I said Jesus is ruling. I said all that the past few minutes. Just, you know, we need to explain the way it all, not explain it, we need to explain clearly all the shenanigans and all the nonsense that the devil does. But because of one's word from the Lord, we cancel everything. That's why just a short pronouncement over our life, we cancel everything of the devil. All that I spend the whole 30 minutes or thereabout is just to open your eyes to see it and to just make you to have more revulsion towards him. Because you need to be desperate, you know, you need to have this resentment towards the devil. Many of us, we are not angry enough. And so that's why we spent all that time. It's not for you to dwell on them. Just, I hope I've made you sufficiently angry. A cunning evil pen won. But thank God, Jesus has defeated him. And that's why you are stepping into your victory today. And that's why this year will be your best year ever. You better keep marking my word. Month after month. And don't be cynical. Don't be cynical. We were ending last year, and the Lord laid on our heart to say, many of these people, they are giving up, or they are saying, you said that December, and God shared with you by his spirit, and we all discussed it together. I said, don't, don't, it's not over. Forget about the artificial line. Put another one, and there have been a few testimonies along that line. Just saying, that, that is true, that is true, that is true. So we're starting another year. Don't let anything worry you. Don't let, hey, it's February again. Don't worry. Make up your mind. After all, it will come. And you know why it will not be delayed. The easiest way to defeat the devil is to call his bluff. As long as you can see some element of fear in you, he will continue to try. But when he sees that it's coming and your, your chest is here, he sees it's coming, he sees your chest is here, he's still coming, your chest is here, he's still coming. He said, This one, I don't need trouble. Just look for another one. That one is in this room. He said, This one is an easy one. Even if I say the speaker, the devil may even attack the speaker now. Oh, yeah, it, it attacks everything. Hallelujah. Tell yourself, beat your own chest. Victory is mine. <laughs> Tell it to yourself, I am undefeatable. At least you, 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 you know, young men, that you've got a lot of muscle. You should be able, I, can, I should be able to hear you. I know the women are tender and gentle. You beat your chest very well, I'm undefeatable. Some of you guys within my reach, if I, if I receive my heart now, hallelujah. The devil is small, to be honest with you. Sincerely. That's why I'm making light of him. He's a very small boy. This reason why Jesus has defeated him. He's not foolish. Though. That's why he does us the trick. But victory is certain. 
victory is certain. Victory is certain. Where I got before I moved to other points was that this shall be your best year. Wake up every day. I'm living that. I'm living that. I'm a preacher. I'm a man of faith. And believe you me, I've never been as convinced about anything like that. It will not be long. But I've made up my mind so that the devil will know. Even if it's the 31st of December, something will happen to prove to me it's my best year. And it wouldn't be that long. Years of weeping shall be wiped out this year. The Lord will deliver me. His plans shall not prosper over your life. You come and say, come on, join me, sing hallelujah. Jehovah Jireh has done me. Come and join me. to have a drummer. <laughs> now, you're going to sing that as if you believe it. Because very, very soon, you are going to sing to your neighbor. Yeah. I'll be coming to Gaddi Drive, number 100. That's, it. That's if you have not moved to a bigger place. And I will say, come and join me, sing hallelujah. Sorry, I've changed the key. Jehovah Jireh, come and join me. Sing prophetically. Jehovah Jireh, come and join me.
far from our tabernacles in the name of Jesus. You have not come here today to go back away heavy. You have not come back today. Come here today so that you can go home and weep in again. Because joy has come to your home. Because victory has come to our lives. The power of the enemy cannot overcome us. He has delivered us. He will deliver us again. We made this confession very quickly on the screen. And then with those prophetic songs, I know the Lord has done it. Sincerely. Sincerely. It was his dream. Can you read it? Okay. 2020 vision. Prayer declarations. I will read through first and then you will read with me one more time and you will pray it and I will say, praise the Lord. He has done it for me. <laughs> Who loves that song so much upstairs? <laughs> I am a child of covenant. You can read after me, that's fine. Therefore the devil and evil shall not have control over me. I shall be cheerful because Jesus has overcome the powers of the world on my behalf. John 16, 33 says, he said that be of good cheer for I have overcome the world. As he has promised, Satan shall be crushed under my feet very soon in the name of Jesus. The experience of salvation is the helmet cover for my head, the protection for my chest, my heart, my breath, is his righteousness. By this glittering cover on my chest, the enemy shall be blinded. Uh, you need to take that one again. By this glittering cover on my chest, the enemy shall be blinded. Because that's what happened in Mark chapter 5. When those demons were inside that demoniac, the Bible says as soon as Jesus Christ appeared, they were crying and they were blinded. And it's about time you should be blinded in your own life too. There's that cover there. And it's his righteousness. Did I write it there? It's his righteousness. Because somebody is wondering, where will I find that righteousness? You can't find it. Because yours is like filthy rags. That's why you may never forget what cross meant. It's a place of incredible victory for us. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The experience of salvation. Have we started again? The experience of salvation? Is <laughs> the helmet cover for my hair? The protection for my chest? This is righteousness. By the glittering cover on my chest, the enemy shall be blinded. His truth is a tie on my waist, holding my armor together. And intact the shield of faith and absolute trust in Jesus is a mobile, impenetrable world, shielding me from the arrows of the enemy. Boy, 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 there's some truth in that. Go back and digest it. The word of God in my mouth is a lethal weapon against the devil. One more time, the word of God in my mouth is a lethal weapon against the devil. Take it one more time, the word of God in my mouth is a lethal weapon against the devil. And part of those words is that I'm above and not beneath. I shall lend to nations. 
part of those words is that I shall wake up with rejoicing. I shall go back to bed praising God. Those words are there for you. One more time. The word of God in my mouth is a lethal weapon against the devil. By the preaching of the gospel, God helping me, I shall tread on serpents and scorpions in the name of Jesus. Because my dear Savior, the Lord Jesus, has promised me, I shall reign with him eternally. Because my dear Savior, the Lord Jesus, has promised me, I shall reign with him eternally. The very place the Lord has gone to prepare for me. My place in heaven uh, that he has gone to prepare for me, I shall enter. I shall enter. And my reward I shall not lose. Uh, in the name of Jesus. Lift up your voice. Pick anything we all pray. Pick there. Pick it. It's on the screen for you. Pick everyone you want to use. Two minutes, pray it. And then we shall just pronounce some blessing of the Lord upon our lives. Hallelujah. 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 Pray to your life with your remember this your year of prayer. Oh yes, a lot of do it yourself. The Lord will lead us to do this year. And as we made those pronouncements, his name shall be glorified. Hallelujah. We bless you, Jesus. Hey, 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 hey. Yes, Lord, the word of God in my mouth shall be a weapon against the enemy. And my life shall never remain the same. Blessed be the name of the Lord our God. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Every guilt you came here with today, the Lord will lift that guilt from your life. The blood of the Lamb shall set you free. Every fear that followed us here today, we bury them right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. And the spirit of love and power of a sound mind is our possession in the name of Jesus. Offer truth without any shadow of doubt. This year you will sing, come and join me, sing hallelujah. And you will shout, he has done it for me again. And this shall bring praise and glory to his name. Thank you, Heavenly Father. Give you all the honor and glory. Jesus mighty name we pray. Shout hallelujah. For more information on what you've heard, please visit our website at www.fountainoflove.org.uk. You'll also find other media presentations available to you. Stay blessed in Christ Jesus. Amen.